Hi everyone, you're listening to Humanize Your Workplace with Alyssa Carpenter, where we chat about all things, well, human. On each of these bite-sized episodes, I'll give you something new to try to become more self-aware, help you build better work relationships, or just try to get you through a sticky work situation. It all starts with an open mind and a conversation. Welcome back. This week, we're going to chat about something that's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, maybe a little bit of a soapbox issue to some extent, and it's about recruiting, but bringing more of a human element to the whole recruiting process and interview process and when people, when you're giving job offers or accepting job offers. So let's just kind of dive right into it today. It's so interesting because I've I help organizations on one side help to recruit, retain, and engage employees. And obviously, I, as a business owner, am trying to recruit new clients or trying to provide an experience. And when I was working full-time or looking for new positions, I was part of that process as well on both sides. So bringing in people to the organization and recruiting them and also interviewing myself for new roles. So I've seen quite a bit just of different processes and procedures. So I just want to bring up kind of a few things that experiences that I've had that I've really liked and some that just didn't really work well with me. And I get brought in a lot for, you know, bringing in the younger workforce. So how do we really recruit that millennial, that recruit that Gen Z talent? And it's funny, I've actually had conversations with people in different sessions asking me, how can I go around it? How can I not hire millennials? How can I not hire Gen Z? And sometimes it's really hard for me not to laugh because I'm thinking, you know, millennials as of 2025, we make up 75% of the workforce just in numbers. So if we're not hiring kind of our generation, where where is the company gonna go? So I, I do definitely get those questions a lot of, how can I avoid hiring? these generations. But there's also really interested companies of, I know that I need, you know, younger people. I know that I need like new young blood, new ideas. I just don't know how to get them. And I don't know where they are, right? Like where do, where do young people, where do you hang out? And it's, it's so funny because oftentimes, you know, I'll, I'll have those conversations and people will post their jobs online. So through, uh, ZipRecruiter through Indeed and those types of platforms, which are fine, right? Which are completely fine for finding people. But a lot of jobs aren't necessarily posted or if you don't find it in that space or, you know, it comes across like it's from a recruiter and you're pl- applying or maybe you're applying through LinkedIn and it just, it feels like on the other side that you're going into this ether, right? You're putting all this time into this application. You're not really hearing back. It just goes into this kind of space that you're really, you know, unsure about. And if you're a company that's hiring new people, you're thinking about hiring new people, I always try to suggest kind of reframing your mindset, right? What type of experience, what would you want, right? If you're looking for a new position, how would you like to be welcomed in? How would you like to find out about it? What resources would be available to you? And I use the word experience because it is an experience from the moment you hear about the company to go through the process and and as you might know filling out applications and then going through the interview all that stuff takes just so much time if you're doing it right right so your resume 
might work for one or two companies, but maybe you're adjusting it for a different type of role and all of these things. And we hear about applicant tracking systems and how non-humans are looking at it and will there ever be a human face looking at this this resume and do I need all these keywords? And I've seen you know, people do different tips if they're looking, they think are different tips, if they're looking at you know, applying to a different company. I've seen people write these random words in the margins to make sure they get picked up by applicant tracking systems and, and all these things. So I think, you know, thinking about what is the experience that you want your ideal person, your ideal employee to have. Um, the first thing to really think about when you're recruiting, especially younger talent, would be where are they, right? Where are they hanging out? Where can you find them? And sometimes we'll look on Indeed or ZipRecruiter or places like that, but oftentimes we're crowdsourcing. Is your company hiring? Is your company looking for someone new? And the more, as we are humanizing our workplaces, the goal really also is to have people have talent within your organization who like to be there, who love your organization and want to be your biggest cheerleader and be your biggest advocate. So if your organization is hiring, is looking for new talent, encourage or even incentivize people to post that on their personal accounts. You'll get so much more traction if somebody posts something on their personal LinkedIn or personal Facebook or Twitter or Instagram that their company is is hiring and they're looking for new talent because it could be, you know, a friend that was maybe not thinking about leaving their company but saw this cool job that they, you know, were talking about their friend and they love. And not even just job posting, sharing experiences. If your company is one to volunteer within the community or do happy hours or do these things, it's great to have it on your company website, but it gets more leverage, it gets more views by humans if it's within the context of people's personal spaces. So you wanna create a space where your employees wanna be your biggest advocate and essentially recruiters from there. And ask those employees too, right? If you're looking for people within a certain level of experience or certain knowledge or certain level of expertise, ask those people if they know people or where can I find more information about this or where do you typically hang out or where, you know, online or, you know, in different spaces, where do you find out about job postings? Because we don't just want to, you know, scatter everything around and like throw it at the wall like spaghetti. You can be even more strategic and more targeted by using the resources that you have. So asking the people to post your employees on their websites on their information, but also asking them where they receive, where they get kind of information. So that's just one kind of tidbit or a suggestion in terms of, you know, finding people. And it's something that it took me a while to kind of think about of, you know, we can't just put things where we look for them, right? Especially if we're trying to hire people that are different from ourselves or trying to hire people in a different knowledge base. If we find out information in this place, but the people that we're hiring or that we're recruiting aren't in that space, they're not gonna find our information. And looking into local diversity, local inclusion groups, look at kind of those spaces. Are there councils or chambers or places where people you want to be? If you want your organization, if you wanna hire diverse people, you have to have a diverse workforce. People need to be able to physically see people that look like them within those spaces. So going to different opportunities in different places and building relationships in different spaces, people aren't always gonna come to us, we need to come to them. So thinking about the experience that also that they're looking for within the recruiting process. 
So let's say you have kind of this interview, you found someone, you wanna bring them into your office. And I've, I've been in this situation before and I was so excited to be brought in for an interview and I got kind of this generic email, it made it just so much easier for them to kind of copy it and paste their location, their address, all this stuff. So, you know, in this one particular interview, I show up, I go to what I think is the address, what I think it will be the parking lot that they suggested to go to and find out the location is completely under construction. And I should have done a dry run before. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely on my part that I should have done a dry run before, but it would have been very helpful had someone suggested that you can't go in the entrance that I've noted in this email or this map isn't relevant anymore or that particular parking lot I'm noting is not available and you'll need to get a parking space from this other location. Being able to provide that experience because at the end of the day, these people might be working within your organization. So kind of triaging them and explaining this is where you go to, we might be under construction here, this would be another suggestion. So providing them as much up-to-date information about the location and the agenda. So if they're meeting with one person, five people, six people throughout an eight to 12 day, you know, what does that day look like? Who are they anticipating to meet? Because as somebody who's interviewing, we really should be looking up those people's profiles and information to be able to come with relevant questions. So the more information that we can provide as we're recruiting people and bringing people into interviews, the better. And once we get to that office, I've again been so many places, even with, when I'm working with clients before our initial meeting or before our initial conversation, the person at the front desk or the person in that space needs to greet the individuals walking in. I was just talking with someone the other day and they were saying that their interview was three hours and not once did somebody offer them a beverage or some water to use the restroom and they were just kind of carted from place to place and weren't able to take care of their biological needs. So humanize it, right? Humanize that process. If you might have to go to the bathroom within a half a day, maybe that person would have to go to the bathroom. You know, whether or not they choose to take you up on water is their own thing. But if we're asking somebody to talk for three full hours straight, maybe they need, you know, kind of a sip of water throughout the process. So welcoming, welcoming them in and thinking about those kind of nuanced pieces. Let's say you decide that you don't want to go with this particular person and you know, they're going to kind of move on maybe to another role. You're not sure, but you want to let them know that they didn't get that job. In my opinion, there's nothing worse than getting that generic email of you didn't get this role. And the generic email goes to everybody who applied for the role, not just the people who came in person for the interview. When I haven't gotten roles in the past, it was just this generic email that made it seem like they didn't know me at all. And was a, you know, thank you for applying. We went with another candidate. And I felt like I took a day off. We spent some time. It was okay that I didn't get the role. Maybe I wasn't the right fit. That wasn't the piece. The piece of it was we talked. We, you know, we had a conversation and it, it just felt very generic. And it didn't even say, you know, thank you for taking the time to come into the office or thank you for meeting with us. We went with another person. It was very much a thank you for your application. We have found someone else. So any way that you can humanize that email or that rejection back, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get feedback. That would be great if they reach out to you, if you're able to give feedback, but more of appreciating the time that that person took to one, fill out that application, which could be very long, commute to your location and have a conversation. They also took that half day or a few hours out of their day to talk, and then they didn't get the role. So just recognize 
And that person also put a lot of effort in the process. So any way that you can personalize the rejection is also extremely, extremely helpful. Because let's say another job comes up in the past, in the future, I don't know if I would have applied for it necessarily had I gotten something really generic. It doesn't look like you really care about me. If you didn't ask me if I needed water or ask, you know, if I wanted to have a seat while, you know, I was standing, which has happened before for 10 minutes waiting for somebody who will quote unquote be just right out. Um, Another colleague of mine was also in an interview and somebody called out sick the morning of the afternoon interview and nobody called them to let them know that they weren't scheduled. So they took a day off and then commuted an hour or so to an interview that they didn't have. So there's just story after story after story um, that I have of just not humanizing that recruiting process, that interview process. So any way you can think about and think about it as an experience from kind of, you know, beginning of the initial, how do we want to look? How do we want our community? What are the type of people we want to work with? How do we want them to treat other people within our office and outside constituents? To all the way to, and obviously when they're they accept their offer and then they go through the training process. But what what is that experience? What is that feeling? What are those emotions? So this week, um, I want to challenge you. If you are hiring people or thinking about hiring people or see it in the future, write down and think about the experiences and the emotions that you would want to have, that you would you know kind of want to have through that process. Ask other people within that space also, what are things that you went through? Ask people what we did right and what we did wrong. You know, do a little bit of research about what other organizations have done. And again, it's not all about the experience you want, right? You wanna be creating an experience that would be helpful for that person to recruit the right people and have them stay. So ask around, do some market research within your organization, see what other cool things, you know, people are doing and ask what interviews they went on that they thought went really, really right and interviews that they thought went really wrong. I think you'd be surprised by, you know, what what those little things are, right? Like asking if you have to go to the bathroom or here's a little bottle of water if you want to drink this throughout the day or these three people are interviewing you at, at one o'clock or, you know, maybe you're having a half day interview and you're not getting lunch and it's, you know, you're going from 10 to three o'clock or something and then they're missing their lunch and not able to eat. Just letting people know Uh, a little bit of a heads up in creating that experience. So I'd love to hear what experiences went really well for you when you recruited with different organizations, whether you were on the HR side or manager side and bringing people in, or you were being recruited and brought in for the interview process. I would love to hear what went right, what, you know, really didn't. So we can humanize that, that experience before we're even there. So I'd love to hear it um, on Twitter at notokay.sokay, or feel free to check out my website at notokay.sokaycoach.com for a little bit more tricks and tips in about humanizing your workplace. I hope you're having a great week and I'm excited to see what you come up with. Thanks again for listening. But did you know that you can leave me a voice message to answer any questions on an upcoming episode? Just go into the show notes and the link will be there at the bottom for you to send me that message. Have a great day.